0: Fishers It was the namesake restaurant of Clarence Lee Wald Fisher, a well-known fixture in the 1940s Pasadena dining scene. Born in Milwaukee on December 20, 1900, Clarence came to Pasadena in the early 1930s, having lived a full life already as a veteran of World War I. By the 1940s, he was working for the famous Van Camp Holland Dutch Bakeries, a Los Angeles institution founded by fellow Milwaukee natives. He was one of the countless others that worked at the historic Fletcher Drive location, the building of which survives to this day as ESAT High School. No doubt because he was a veteran, Clarence was involved in war efforts at home during World War II. For example, it was reported that at one time, he helped with the sale of nearly $27,000 worth of war bonds in one week. That is close to half a million dollars today. With experience from Vandy Camps and in response to the post-war era boom that saw Pasadena's population rise nearly 30% between 1940 and 1950, Fisher co-owned a local chain of restaurants called the Pasadena Headliner and Headliner Coffee Shops. The Headliner name came from its original location at 533 East Colorado Boulevard, a nod to the Pasadena Star News, which operated next door from 1925 until the 1990s. We know 533 East Colorado as part of the old La Cordon Bleu College of Culinary Arts facility, but at one time there was a handsome two-story building there. The headliner likely occupied the first floor, and among other dishes served complete dinners, like a potted Swiss steak and noodles, and a captain's plate with fried halibut, shrimp, and scallops. Clarence had several headliner locations in the area. In addition to 533 East Colorado, they operated the Headliner Junior, at 1791 East Washington. That location would later become the Melody Cafe and is now part of Mission Wine and Spirits. There was also a headliner location in Sierra Madre that opened in 1945. We know it today as the only place in town. The headliners did well, and the Sierra Madre, Altadena, and Arcadia locations made it to the 1970s. There was also a headliner coffee shop in Glendale at 915 North Glendale Avenue. I don't know if it was associated with its sister shops to the east, but based on the similar design, there clearly was a connection. The building survives today as the home to the Plaza Salon. In 1947, Clarence opened Fisher's for finer foods at 3589 East Colorado Boulevard, with fellow Vandy Camp alum, Sid Haupt. It was to feature food at reasonable prices, but also an atmosphere of refinement and was the site of a previous restaurant called Rhett's Eastern Drive-In. Fisher's tagline was that it was a specialty coffee shop with especially good food. They offered classics like a tenderloin steak sandwich, shrimp and chips, baked chicken pie, and a southern cream waffle, and they fed customers from an early breakfast all the way to a late-night snack at 1 a.m. In addition to the other diners, cafes, restaurants, and cafeterias in Pasadena, Fishers would compete against Clarence and Sid's old company, as a Vandykamp coffee shop was located at 1696 East Colorado. 1947 was a beautiful year for modern architecture in Pasadena. Down the street, fellow restaurant and driving Gwyn's opened its doors, with a similar white lattice canopy, and it culminated in Welton Beckett and Walter Wordman's Bullock's Pasadena on South Lake Avenue. It is interesting that Clarence changed his own name spelling when he called the restaurant Fishers, using SH instead of his real spelling and the more traditional German SCH. Even the newspaper announcement got the spelling wrong. Clarence's mother Bertha came from German ancestry, and his father Adolf was born there. In 1947, fresh off the war in Europe, perhaps having distance from German ancestry made sense to him, or maybe there's another reason that is just lost to time. In an early postcard, the restaurant was relatively small, the result of originally being a drive in. The dining room only went to its larger than life monument sign. Fisher's prospered and expanded in 1950, and based on historical records and aerial photographs, the larger expanded structure that exists today was built in 1952. The parking lot that once hosted a drive in made way for a larger dining room. Its success was likely due to Clarence's connections. For example, he was a charter member and a past president of the East Pasadena Rotary Club and a director of the Southern California Restaurant Association. It was also the scene of a crazy union protest in 1948. The AFL Culinary Workers and Bartenders Union picketed for months. A so-called, quote, goon squad, end quote, dropped a stink bomb under a seat during lunch service, forcing patrons to flee. But it fared better than its sister, the headliner, which saw a wine jug of smelly gas thrown through its plate glass window. This squad was responsible for assaults and stink bombs from El Segundo to Santa Barbara. For those that think the past was a simpler time, it certainly was not. Sadly, on July 15, 1951, Clarence died of a heart attack at his home in Pasadena. He was only 50 years old. Sid continued to run Fishers with a partner, and expanded the business to a chain of three. In addition to the East Colorado location, they operated a Fishers in the old YMCA building on North Marengo Avenue and another at 101 South First Avenue in Arcadia. Fishers was where you could get, Sid claimed, the world's finest fried chicken. Around 1957, Sid changed Fishers' futuristic logo. Gone was the modern 1940s diner sign and in its place was a more jovial version that reflected the style of the 1950s. I'd like to think that Clarence would have disapproved. The mid-20th century was an interesting time for restaurant chains in Southern California. We saw the emergence of powerhouses like McDonald's and In-N-Out, but also smaller restaurants would find success in one location and try to replicate it in other places. Fisher's and the Headliner were just two examples. Gwynn's would expand to two locations. Henry's had several places, The Clock Brother Barbecue in South Pasadena had four restaurants, and the legendary Wright Spot also operated four diners at one point. In 1960, Sid changed Fisher's name to the incredibly creative Sid Helps, and by then they were only open for breakfast and lunch. Gone was dinner service and late-night coffee and pie. The change caused confusion around town and didn't last long. The final newsworthy notice from Clarence Fisher's original restaurant was in January of 1962. It was an ad for restaurant fixtures and equipment, and they were for sale. The building would not remain vacant for long, as another small chain, Lindy Lou's Pancake House, set up shop in the space. Unsurprisingly, they made pancakes, and made it very clear to everyone that they did not use prepared mixes. Just like Sid with his fried chicken, and seemingly every other establishment of that era, Lindy Luz was prone to embellishment as they bragged their pancakes were world famous. Lindy Luz had four locations in three states in the exotic destinations of Palm Springs, Las Vegas, Phoenix, and Pasadena. Sid continued to run the renamed YMCA Coffee Shop, but the streamlined modern restaurant on East Colorado with large glass windows would change with the times. Following Lindy Lou's brief operation, in 1965, the building reopened as a wine tasting room for the Brookside Winery Company, which was based in the then still wine producing town of Guasti, now part of Ontario in San Bernardino County. There, at Pasadena Cellar No. 8, guests could sample fine wines before they bought them, and Brookside claimed that it featured more than 80 different wines, champagnes, and brandies at the location. Brookside was one of California's oldest wineries, having been founded in 1832, but it closed its doors in 1986. With Brookside, the building took on a more ornate design because it was now a wine cellar and it was the 1960s. At some point, the building underwent more alterations. The glass corner window, which would have been a beautiful spot to enjoy a Fisher's Hamburger Deluxe and just watch the mother road of Route 66 zoom by, was covered. A Spanish-style mansard roof was installed, complete with mission clay tile. The support columns were embellished, and the brickwork was covered by stucco. By 1983, Brookside Winery closed cellar number 8, and a series of restaurants occupied the building. First, it was the Heron Cafe, and then the Odeco Restaurant, which lasted for 15 years from 1988 until 2003. At that time, it became Jin Sushi which continues to host guests to this day as the longest continuously operating restaurant on the site. You can still see the form of the old building. The signage area that once adorned the Fisher logo remains, but now reflects the current tenant. Incredibly, the ornate ironwork sign and lantern addition from the Brookside Winery era survived. Instead of tasting room open seven days, the lower sign now reads, Parking in Rear. The area has changed since the 1940 glory years, but motels remain a fixture on East Colorado, echoes of when millions traveled along the highway that winds its way across the country and ends at the Pacific Ocean. So the next time you're driving down Colorado Boulevard or eating a sashimi combo at Gin Sushi, think of Sid and think of Clarence and think of the past, the present, and of Pasadena. A special thank you to my new friends at VintageMenuArt.com for the generous use of their Vandy Camp and Pasadena Headliner menus. They are a Los Angeles-based business dedicated to rescuing and physically and digitally repairing vintage menus from across the world. Visit their website and socials for when they will be at venues across Southern California, including the Rose Bowl Flea Market. I received additional research support from the Pasadena Public Library and the Pasadena Museum of History. So a special thank you to Young and Patricia. Please support these invaluable institutions in our community and their wonderful staff. Visit cityofpasadena.net slash library and pasadenahistory.org. Past, Present Pasadena is produced by the Crown City Podcast. You can find it on your favorite podcasting platform and at thecrowncitypodcast.com.